We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Backliners podcast, Agro and Barracuda, as per usual. Uh, this week of the Backliners, by the way, is brought to you by Factor Meals. Head to factormeals.com slash backliners50 and use code backliners50 to get 50% off. That's code backliners50 at factormeals.com slash backliners50 to get 50% off. Five zero. That's a lot, Barry. Five zero percent. Um, it is actually exactly half off, um, but no one heard you say it's almost like half off because, um, well, it's our podcast you know like that's just uh-huh. how it goes there we go nice we got it here's oh. a funny here's a funny little tidbit um we uh recorded the gameplay uh section of the god reveal uh trailer um and by we i mean i recorded it and um i checked beforehand the audio was good i recorded the game sent it oh, over no. and they go hey um is it just us or is there no audio? And I went, I don't want to be around anymore. So then I had to do it again. Um, oh no! Yeah, the it, uh, the OBS trolls continue to. Um, do you have like a mixer or something? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe that's why it resets like every time you close OBS or something. Yeah, maybe I don't know. But the the fun part is that it isn't just opening OBS. It's that I change it before we go before we went live. One of these days I am on God going to show everyone me mm-hmm. setting the audio, testing that it works, switching scenes, coming back, and it doesn't work. I'm going to show, a, maybe next episode, um, I will remember to do that. I probably won't, but eventually I might. You never know. Um, <laughs> I'm very, I'm very tired, by the way. I'm uh, just going to talk. I love how someone in the YouTube comments recently was like, yeah, every episode aggro is like, this is going to be an off the rails episode. Um, and you're right. YouTube commenter. I shouldn't need to say I mean, you just, you just had a baby. I mean, I feel like that is kind of like par for the course. No, like, well, yeah, but, and like, this is just what people should expect from this show from now. Exactly. Um, lower your expectations. No, from now on. Lower your okay. expectations, uh, dear listener. Um, Expect some more random aggro rants about specific topics. Yeah. And, and also, like, pretty during the- forgetting um, things and uh, not remembering things. Um, mm-hmm. Having worse takes than usual, which will be pretty easy because my takes are normally so good. 
that mm-hmm. there's a lot of room to go down. Um, yeah. yeah. You're I at the top. That, right. I agree that what, with what you just said. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> here we go. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk. <laughs> the, here we go. The kickoff to Worlds, um, uh-huh. Road to Worlds kickoff tournament that took place over the weekend. A lot of uh, really fun smite. Um, yeah. I thought a lot of these sets were super interesting to watch, like legitimately. Yeah, I agree. And also, uh, this is off topic because Hammy's been griefing my sleep lately. Uh huh. And so this past weekend, like the games, like before this episode, I was like, I feel like those were a month ago. And mm-hmm. I don't know why, if that's just like what sleep deprivation does to you. Yeah. But I, <laughs> like during today, I was like, okay, I have to rewatch like semis and finals because I didn't watch them. And I was like, this happened forever ago. Like it had to have. Like there's no have. way this was just a few days ago. And because I'm, I'm the reason also the podcast is on Thursday. I asked Agro and I was like, can we please move it? I am literally dead. And so we did, thankfully. And unfortunately for me, I'm not any more alive today than I was on Tuesday. Isn't that the worst when you're like, yeah, just (laughs) some more time, I'll be good. And then it's actually like, there is no difference for this Uh at all. Uh, I've been there there many times. You're just flipping the coin when you go to sleep and you're like, please let tonight be restful. Please. I, there is a reason that it is a common thing to say that getting a puppy is like the training arc for having a child. Um, it, it, they, there are a lot of similarities. Um, uh-huh. I did get pooped on a lot less when really? Mac was a puppy. Um, like a lot less. But she was also very good. Um, it did not take very long to potty train her. She pooped inside literally one time. Um, oh that must be nice it was it was incredible and that was not because we are god's gift to to dog training uh she is just god's gift to us um because she's a precious angel people said that shiba's or the internet said that shiba's are basically they come potty trained well that's a lie uh this (laughs) this little guy just loves to poop on carpet Yep. That's his favorite thing. He won't yep. really poop on the they are uh, hardwood really specific or whatever. About what they like to poop on. Mac uh-huh. for a long time would only poop on wood chips, like to the point where we considered, because there was one section of our apartment complex that we lived in at the time yeah. that had wood chips, and then they got rid of those, and the 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 hillside was kind of like wood chippy kind of, and so mm-hmm. she would climb on this like steep hillside and only poop on that. And I was like, dude, it is just going to roll down. And of course, that's exactly what it did. Um, but we literally like considered, like, should we go and get, like, wood chips or, like, mulch chips to put down in some spot so that she will just poop? Because she she would have to poop, but would refuse uh-huh. until she got on the, the surface that she liked. Um, and I don't remember when that oh, that's kinda cute. stopped. Um, but it was, a, it was a long-standing thing, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Hammy also does this thing when he poops where he will just spin in a circle while pooping. That's uh, really funny. So you can tell every time that Hammy poops inside because he will he's just drawing art inside. Oh, <laughs> and I then hate that. You know, I think it was either last week or the week before, there's just like a giant U of poop in the closet, and I'm like, mm-hmm. this is fantastic. I mm-hmm. love this. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, that's the joy of a little one. Whether it be a little a little person or a little dog, they just absolutely <laughs> rock you. Uh, 
with the most just disgusting thing. Joe literally, she has like little slipper socks, so like soft um, slippers yeah. kind of. And she was putting some laundry away today and she goes, there's baby poop inside of my slipper sock, which means that I had it on the bottom of my foot, didn't realize it, and put on my slipper sock. And now it's still in there. Um, and I was like, yep. Bro. <laughs> that's just how it is. Like, that's just how it goes. Uh, it is. It is. Oh. Like, it really do be like that. Uh, I, I've only barefooted hammy poop one time so far. Thankfully. Oh, God. That sounds terrible. It, yeah, dog poop is way worse than ba- baby poop is like kind of gross, but really not that bad. It, yeah. Apparently, my therapist was literally telling me today um, that as soon as they start eating solid food, it goes from like baby poop, which is like mentally manageable, to now I realize that I'm handling a human's poop. Um, and that like gets way grosser and i'm really dreading that and they start eating real food do you think people like that we just talk about poop all the time now on this podcast (laughs) do you think they like that um i feel like it's poop covered podcast you just hit a certain age and sometimes you just talk about poop a lot more often and i think we're both there well i talked about a lot okay this is gonna be weird (laughs) i talked about poop a lot when i was it was, it was definitely a thing among my friends group in high school to talk about in extensive detail the poops we would take because it made other people uncomfortable and we thought that was kind of funny. Um, and then I stopped talking about poop for a while in between because that's like more normal and I became more normal. Um, and then I... Would you say? Well, then I like joined the TeamSpeak, um, which is, oh, you know, yeah. like Meerkat, Mike, Snoopy, you know, all those guys and, and instantly became less normal again. Um, and surprising just have a kid. Yeah. It's funny how that works out, you know? Um, so yeah, this is the poop podcast. What was it? What was I saying? Oh, yeah. Um, the poop liners, the poop liners, right. They, uh, they started eating, like, we could start feeding him like cereal, like dry, you know, Cheerios or whatever at like six months. Um, which is not that far away. He's like almost three months. He's like 10 ish weeks old now. Oh, there we go. There's the there's the boy. There's Look my at little him. pooper. He wouldn't he wouldn't do anything intentionally no, he, to mess you up. He's a cute little not. guy. He's he really not, is actually adorable. not a little guy anymore. He's big, but he's still so cute. Yeah, oh my I think God. he weighs like fourteen pounds probably now. Dude, my son weighs like eleven pounds, and I was stoked today. They're so similar. <laughs> also, Aww. I just got a text from my wife. This is a verbatim. Uh, I'm reading this these texts verbatim. He just big farted in his sleep, like man sized. <laughs> so that's how that's how it's going, you know. Um, that's adorable. Yeah, that's what he, that's what he bring yeah. to the table. Okay, let's talk about this tournament, shall we? That happened this oh, yeah. weekend. Um, just to Surprise clarify, uh, we um, Bobby. I invited Bobby back uh, to go over our predictions so that um, we could all be bad at predictions uh, somewhat together. And um, he was, he said he had such a terrible time um, and he'll never be back. But uh, no, he actually said um, that he was going to a movie. So unfortunately we'll just have to roast him um, without him here. Uh, Sticks versus Gladiators. We all had 3-0 Sticks Ferryman there. Uh, they did end up 3-0. We got one. We got one right. Uh, not too much to say about that set, I'd say. Um, Gladiators didn't look worse than before the change. 
Um, mm-hmm. It did not surprise me that they still needed a little bit of time to um, get comfortable. It's kind of what we all talked about uh, last week in our prediction episode. That set went about as expected. Uh, agreed? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's not much to say like about that set. I kind of feel like it's just yep. kind of expected. That seems what rude, I guess, but yeah. No, it's, you know, that's that's just what we expected. Um, Warriors versus Kings did not go the way that any of us expected. Um, you had 3-2 Kings. I had 3-1 Kings. Bobby, the only one who was correct in his Warriors uh, prediction, but... Okay, I'm glad he's not here. He had 3-2. So, can you even really give it to him? That's a coin flip set. You know what I mean? It's not even definitive. <laughs> uh, instead... The Oni Warriors came out, and this was um, a statement set. It felt, I mean, this, this was not close. Um, they they crushed if, they crushed them. If I remember correctly, I think this was the Sot Pantom just gap. Yep. Like, they just completely ran over Solo Side, and it seemed like three games in a row, just Sot was unkillable, Demon King of just, I think this was the set where he was just kind of walking at them late game, and just standing, yes, he in front was of, like their yep, tier two and and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. That that build with like the thieves or whatever. Yep, seems kind of unkillable. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not potentially. Soldier, I mean, when I look at the builds, like on the other side, Yarkor did have a good amount of pen, but he's playing set ADC. Set ADC doesn't really kill tanks super well, um, mm-hmm. even with pen. Big Man had 20% pen with a Reaver and 15 flat from a from a Deso. That's not really very good at killing the Odin. Um, no Sunder, no Erosion. Um, I'm very... If Odin comes back and Erosion isn't in builds, maybe that means that it's, that it's just perceived as too weak, but I feel like that character gets absolutely dominated by that item, especially in lane. It's actually kind of good to pick the Odin into something like Wukong, who has specific items that he really does want to go. Because I feel like mm-hmm. if you play, like, if you play Odin into, like, Yorm, which is a terrible matchup for Odin, and you would never pick it, you know, unless you're blind picking the Odin. But, like, there are characters that you want some items, but you're kind of flexible in what you can go early. If you were playing Odin into a character who can afford to just go Erosion first item and not int their lane by doing it, um, I feel like you just lose um, trades. Like, I just don't know how you beat trades. Uh, but maybe you don't have to. You know, maybe you can just PvE them and... Yeah, from what I was watching, he never really, like, cleared the wave. He yeah. was just kind of holding the wave on his tower and kind of just clearing it very slowly. Yep. So yep. I don't know if there was actually, like, a laning phase over there. Yeah, Besides him not. just watching minions die. He did mitigate a, a cool 47k that game. Um, let me just read out Panatom's score lines this set for you. 4-1-9, and nine, game one, on uh, Pele. Then he uh, clocked it at 9-1-9. and nine. Um, So for those of you keeping score at home, that's 13-2-18. and 18. Uh, Then in game three, he went 10-1-9. and nine. So uh, that's 23-3 and 27 um, for Panatom in this set. Is that a... Okay, is that good? That, yeah, when your jungler's doing that, I don't think you can lose the game. Unless you're just trolling. You cannot. Um, yep, Panatom definitely did it to him um, on that set. 
Uh, okay, Hounds Levi's. Uh, we had you had three two Hounds. Bobby and I both had three one Levi's. It ends up being a three zero for the Leviathan. The Leviathans looked very good in this set, but mm-hmm. I I wanted to get a chance to watch. I watched a lot of this set live, but didn't get a chance to to do what I was hoping to, which was go back and really like take time and and break down what I thought was really happening because I want because it was one of those sets that I kind of you kind of get the feeling as you're watching it like are the leviathans really playing this well or are the hounds playing this poorly in order to let this happen mm-hmm. and in game 3 in particular that was the hounds inting that game away they were up huge in this game they overstayed super hard they let Kenneth pick up like a triple on Alquang in the mid game. And is there like a worse feeling as a competitive player than when you're winning by like 5k in the mid game in a late game hyper carry triple kills you and they get start getting objectives. Uh, and you realize that your lead is going to go away or is all literally already gone because that character just like outscales you. Um, that, yeah, that game was just hard tossed in my opinion. That's happened a lot where, I mean, I've been in that situation a lot where you're like, we're winning this fight, we're winning this fight, I'm getting executed, and then there's just, like, a second or two of, like, silence and calms, Mm -hmm. and it's like, run, 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 and then you just realize (laughs) that you're all dead, and you're like, oh, no, did we just throw to an Alquang again? Yep. And a lot of hypercarriers can just do that, and then Kenneth is also, I mean, he's just got, like, the, I don't want to say, like, selfish, but he has the pop-off style of play. So if he's given that room and he sees his end, he just like he just goes like one punch man mode and just starts executing everyone. No, I think I don't. Th- I I think that selfish is the right word for it, but it shouldn't carry the negative connotation yeah, yeah. that that word usually does. Like in sports, Kobe Bryant was an unbelievably selfish player, uh, but that he was better at that style than anyone else. So it's just, you just get that from players who play that style Kenneth's absolutely a selfish jungler but he's had one of the best if not the best spl careers ever um mm-hmm. yeah doing, I, doing it like that i remember trying to get ready and like shower that morning and i was like oh i've got plenty of time this is a best of five <laughs> yeah and, and you then predicted I'm, three two yeah and i'm making my smoothie and then i had to leave before i even finished drinking my smoothie because hounds are getting stomped Mm-hmm. so hard in the first two games mm-hmm. so i don't even know if i like really saw game three because i was driving during it yep but i was like i'm going to be late there's no way because before this meta every game was like 40 minutes like you yeah. could leave pretty safely and then we we're getting like some 20 minute wins or, like 22 or whatever in that area yep. and that makes my drive a lot riskier now <laughs> um <laughs> Well, and I, I realized we'll, that that morning it for you, you know, just Thank just you. for your drive, you know. Buff the chess no camp again. There we go. Yeah, I can do that. No problem. Um, by the way, I want to call out Rongyu uh, rushed absolution on Ganesh this game up against the Ares, and I don't I don't remember if it got heavy value, but I I love it. Um, absolution very underrated. Uh, I, did we talk about it recently on this podcast? Uh-huh. Last episode, yeah. Dude, we are so good. Well, who uh, was I kidding about lowering your expectations? Come on, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I was, I was saying that was pretty hard to get a, your ult, and then you were like, you were defending absolution. I was like, eh, I feel like it's pretty hard to like time your ult with that in most situations. 
but yeah. he's doing it. Can be. Respect. Can be. I don't know if it, maybe it didn't work a single time. Who knows? Uh, but he bought it, and so that's a point for me. Oh, I think I think Scream said that he messed it up one time, mm. or it was someone with absolution against scenarios. I don't know. I don't know if it's Ronnie or not, but sure. someone messed it up. Fair enough. Um, and then the final of the first round matchups that we uh, predicted was you guys up against the Ravens, or you guys up against the Dragons, excuse me. Um, yeah, I did, Ravens. unfortunately for you, Barry, I did call this one absolutely perfectly. I had 3-1 Dragons. Um, yeah, I only got one right that day. That is kind of shameful. Yeah, you did only get one right. Um, I'm just going to stop betting glass. on Coast. Yeah, it was. Every time I bet on Coast, he loses. Well, yeah, then you got to doubt him. For sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, um, talk, talk me through this J-Dragon set. What, 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 actually, I've got a question right off the rip. When you realize... At what point did you realize it was Athena mid game one? Um, and what did what was your like team conversation like when you realized it was Athena mid? Uh, I don't even... I don't remember the draft order, but we did not realize it was Athena mid for a very, very, very long time. Uh, they went... I assume... Sorry to cut you off. They went Pele on her Athena top three, and then their bottom two were Terra Ama. You guys banned Ares Ganesh, um, mm-hmm. so it seems like you thought it was solo. Uh, what was their draft? Okay, so they banned Raijin Yamoja Wukong. You banned Cherno Mori Marty. They went Pele. You picked Thor Charon. They picked on her Athena. And you guys top three Kamazots, which I was very surprised by. Um, then you banned Ares Ganesh. So you, uh, so at that point, you must have either thought that it was Pele made Athena jungle or Pele jungle yeah. Athena solo. Um, yeah. So you double ban supports. Uh, they ban Chiron Freya. You pick X-Ball, Bear Classic. Um, uh-huh. They picked Terra Ama and you guys finished with Nuwa. Wow. Yeah, this draft was... We uh, lost that game? Yep. That's yep. so crazy. I, <laughs> yeah, I will, I will not lie. We came in not valuing Pele at all. and Which is kind of surprising we, to me because Scream is a, is a really good Pele player, historically. Yeah. We were obviously valuing Kama higher, which is why we like top three of that game. But after scrimming a bit more this week... Uh, that god has a very high floor in team fights. Yep. That she, she just gets, vomits she out damage. damage. Yep. Uh-huh. She is getting damage. Uh-huh. She's like the assassin version of Zeus. Yep. Or like Opwash. We're like, yeah, you're gonna die, but you're gonna get your damage off. Um It is not a surprise, I guess, that I like Pele a lot, because that is a a playstyle that I enjoy. Um, yeah, we were pretty far behind on drafts in this set. Well, obviously because we lost, but just in general, because um, we, we had seven scrim blocks scheduled before, and three of them got canceled. Mm. So we had four sets of scrims coming into this tournament, and I don't remember the Pele looking too great when we were scrimming, or teams like not even really playing it. I think we played it a little bit, but we were just valuing other picks like Charon and everything way higher than Pele. Mm-hmm. Um and we were coming in, like, with, like, Cherno and Ryzen being, like, super OP, top two. And then beyond that, the, our tier list was just kind of, like, all over the place for all of us. So we didn't really have specific values of um, picks of where things should go. 
And obviously, I, from watching the tournament, I think my Athena value went up a lot. Uh, my Pele value definitely went up. Mm-hmm. Pele, Pele is just, like, absurd. Yep. She, and she just she just always gets out damage. Um, so this kind of entire set, I think we played relatively well against in the early mid-game, but our Fire Giants were just so bad because we were so out of practice. Our comms around them were so lackluster. I think we could have actually like had a 2-0 or a 3-0 this set if like our late games went relatively well. But our shot calling and decision making in the late game team fights around fire was just so bad over and over and over again. Um we were we were just extremely out of practice and it it showed in like every every team decision where we all had to come together and like work as a team. I think that's where I think before that's where we shined, mm-hmm. and now in that tournament, I think that was like our biggest weak point. And I think Vin was really disappointed with like his own individual performance, but I don't really care if people have like bad individual performances. But he took it like kind of hard. I think mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think we could have drafted a little differently because uh, game one, I think if we win like a really heavy due to like anti-dive mage i think that's all their comp wanted to do so if we if we just like vomit damage back on them when they're vomiting damage on us because i think nuwa is pretty good late game but the team fights were a little too fast i think mm-hmm. um and you need like that perfect end sometimes as nuwa um yeah i think i think the rest of the set just kind of not like went as expected but went as best as practice allowed it to unfortunately sure. yeah i mean all these games pretty long um mm-hmm. you know 38, yeah, i think we had the longest of the tournament right uh i think that's correct yeah 38 43 40 43 um so a bunch of pretty long games um, which is surprising because we we kind of felt like we were playing really bad so for us to be able to take it late game with apparently like the best team or second best team in the tournament that's pretty good yeah i think uh i think that's fair for sure um Dragons definitely ended up impressing me quite a bit, uh, not to, to jump too far ahead, but I thought that their picks were really good, um, and the way that they were playing the map seemed like they were playing with confidence, uh, mm-hmm. particularly Mike playing with confidence. Um, yeah, I, that was a big difference for me playing against Mike. He kind of seemed like the, uh, well, it's going to sound stupid now, but like, the dragons Mike versus like mm. the the new teams Mike, which he was he was very good at controlling duocide jungle and just kind of giving vote a lot of space while not like overextending. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yep, unleashed if you will. Yep. Um, yeah, dragons looked very good. So we only um, we only predicted those first round matchups and then our top twos um, for for the week. So uh, I went i actually got three out of four correct um did you cheat nope i only missed the the king set barry you got one out of four correct bobby (laughs) got uh three out of four correct as well he missed your set by sucking up to you um yeah because he he picked warriors um so he kind of entered himself there uh let's talk about who we had for our top twos before we actually break down those matchups then so we can just wrap up this prediction talk see what i did there uh 
You had Ferryman and Kings um, as your top two. That did not end up uh, panning out necessarily. I had Dragons and Levi's, um, so I got one out of two, uh, correct. And Bobby had Ferryman and Levi's, so he also goes uh, goes over two. So let that be a lesson to all of you. Um, I still got it. You know, that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's uh, what we've learned today. You know, Agar wouldn't have talked about the predictions unless he got most of them right. So this is just him gloating right now. He is just you so happy. Can't prove that. That's all. Uh, that's all I'm say. You, you never know. He, he never wrote know. down everything. He was so happy. He was, he was giddy for this podcast. Well, I mean, when I checked and I realized that I got most of them right, I was like, that's pretty nice. That's a nice change of pace for me. You know, that's, uh, that's not that's not too bad for once um you're so happy tooting your little horn over there listen i'm i've heard enough horn tooting from my little kid these <laughs> days i got someone i've got to toot uh, every once in a while you know um <laughs> uh okay sticks ferryman and jade dragons um this ends up being a 3-1 in favor of the dragons i only got a chance to watch like the first two games of this set and the dragons um just looked pretty dominant um yep in those first two uh i think yeah go ahead their mid 3v3 cohesively is so much better than it used to be Mm -hmm. and they're able to control the map either with globals or these kind of all-in guaranteed kill comps um Mm -hmm. and just be very aggressive and a lot of their team fights and kind of every set they're always sequencing their engage with like one after one after one. They're not all just kind of like diving in together unless it's good. And their dive comps just seem to just be killing everyone right now. Um, I do think a lot of backlines are just playing bad, ours included. Um, and they weren't really expecting the quality of dive, I would say, from Dragons. Um, but yeah, I was. In the last game, I was kind of surprised from an ADC perspective that he went Chiron into Freya. That mm-hmm. seemed... Uh, that's just like a suicide matchup for the Chiron. Like, you just... It's so hard to live in that matchup. You just yeah. get absolutely cooked. Yeah, I feel like that's one of those that... Historically, that's been like a counter matchup. That when mm-hmm. Chiron's good, you kind of want to pick the Freya into it. I was a little surprised. I mean, you know, we've seen... Um, just in like watching streams and all that kind of stuff, you know, I've seen a little bit more Freya and ranked, um, and a little bit more Olerun and ranked. I, they were, the Magical ADCs, really just those two, I guess, were more heavily prioritized than I expected them to be, um, coming into this tournament. Did it surprise you at all, the, the, the prevalence of Freya and Olerun? I valued Freya a lot coming into this tournament. I did not value Olo. I kind of view Olo as kind of a pressure bot right now in Duo, where mm-hmm. he gets you shield camps and he gets you the Bastions pretty early, but his team fights are really big 50-50s, and they just rely on their frontline kind of overextending and dying. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, sometimes you just don't do damage as that character. Like, mm-hmm. you you start auto-attacking people for 100 and then you keep auto-attacking people for 100. Mm-hmm. And you you keep buying items, but they don't feel like they're doing more damage for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't valuing that guy because I was trying to transition into a more like mid-late game focus than just kind of jamming duo. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think, he's, I think he's good, but I think that 
their front line just needs to play into it. But I was I was valuing Freya pretty highly, or like thinking about Freya a lot during the draft phase. Mm, yeah, I think uh, I think that her performance definitely indicated that. I don't have Blues Ultra's uh, stat sheet up in front of me, but if I had to guess, <laughs> I'd guess that Freya did pretty well um, on the weekend, which you know. Hopefully she doesn't yeah, Carol... uh, become the best, you know, because those metas are always a little spooky. Always fun. Uh, Karen had a pretty bad win-loss for this tournament, right? He did. He did. He did not do well. Um, he did not do well. Marty did not do well. Um, I think Bog and Raijin both had 100% pick ban, mm-hmm. but one of those two didn't actually win that much. Um think it might have been bog who lost more than he won like by a somewhat significant margin but was still 100 percent pick ban um yeah i don't know it's tough to say like these tournaments are always um it is more likely that there are 100 percent pick ban characters who aren't actually worthy of it uh mm-hmm. in tournaments like this um i think that's fairly unlikely that they aren't both respectively the best in their classes um but i don't know if they are so much better than everyone else that they were should have been eating as many bands as they were um in comparison to just picks and then if you aren't winning and you're picking them then they stop getting banned they might get passed over in some picks and bands and then they end up in that like 80 percent pick ban threshold which is probably mm-hmm. about where i think both of them would end up over you know wow. assuming that they wouldn't get changed anything like that like over the course of a phase like they'd probably just be 70 75 70 percent um pick ban participation instead of 100 if if i had to guess uh raja was 5-4 turner was 2-2 two, two. Oh, okay right. wukong or I I think he messed up because uh, Cherno was picked five times, but only has like two two, mm, uh, mm-hmm. and same with Ryzen. So I think one game is missing. Um, so okay, so Amo, I was, I went nine and two. Yep. Wu Kong went one and nine. <laughs> yep. Holy. Yeah, Wu Kong. Uh... Poor Wu Kong, bro. Wu Kong is one of those characters where I feel like that can happen to him pretty quickly, like. He always yeah. does damage, um, but the, is that damage actually relevant? And it makes sense to me because I feel like that Ama matchup shouldn't be very good for him. Um, mm-hmm. And so if he's getting picked a lot against Ama, Ama definitely saw a lot more priority as the weekend went on. Um, I think that she was the pivotal pick in the finals. Um, mm-hmm. And it does not surprise me that she saw a lot of success i was very surprised that like when the big patch came out and there were all the spicy changes so to speak um that ama didn't get more hype uh because that that that's was a huge deal for her that's another character we didn't value at all coming in and we just kind of assumed i don't i don't know if haddock's like ever played her and then i don't know if we ever like we might have seen like a game or two but it wasn't like any devastating performances or anything Mm mm-hmm um also uh, another good win loss was susano with a 6-1 yeah that that's the panatom show uh yeah he, he played a lot of susano so that does not surprise me um that guy just kills backliners he, he sure kills do. frontliners and backliners do, does he have arachne on there i was thinking about arachne 
Um, uh, 2-1. 2-1. For yeah. jungle. Yep. Yeah. I think that character is legitimately good. Um, I think we talked about that last week or two weeks ago. Um, mm, the stun just catching people off guard. Yeah. It, I, I don't think... There's been a lot of Reddit threads popping up uh, about Arachne, which does not really surprise me. She's an inherently um, feast or famine character, and those characters are typically more frustrating because you remember the times where they dominate you and not where they do nothing. Um, but still, so many people sticking to this. Uh, the changes didn't fix her core problem uh, line. Um, and I just... I just, I just don't know. I just don't really agree with it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it is good for characters to. It isn't. It isn't right for every character, but for some characters to have very polarizing. I am really good at this thing and really not great at everything else. Um, it means they often have to be frustratingly good at that one thing in order to be successful. Um, and I think that that's a valid thought to not want characters who are that binary um Mm -hmm. but i'm just of the opinion that i think it is a more in my personal opinion it is more interesting to me to have arachne be even better at the thing that she was is supposed to be good at and not just give her more tools in the toolbox if that makes sense yeah i would agree i mean she she got an extra spider and i think her early game kill potential on squishies is really good same with her mid game and then her 1v1s late game are crazy but her team fight's still bad which i mean for a auto attack jungler i kind of think your team fight's gonna always be 50 50 yep. if you can find that 1v1 because obviously a melee auto attacker who only does damage through auto attacks it's just gonna be hard to get your t- your team fight damage off and that's just it's just, that's just how it is yep yeah I, I think that's fine I agree. Um, okay, before we move on to the final two sets, just want to let everyone know that this show in uh, this episode of The Backliners is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, we have uh, been partnering with BetterHelp for quite a long time. Um, we've both talked at length about uh, how important we feel that therapy is. Um, actually had my, uh, usually it's Therapy Wednesdays in our house, but um had to push it to uh today because my friend was in town until yesterday morning um and i was thinking like i just knew we had to do podcast tonight um and i was uh thinking about how helpful um i really find it to just have a space that is purely dedicated to setting up the way I'm thinking um, and understanding how I'm currently thinking and what I'm going to be thinking about in the coming week. Uh, Just carving out a time to do that and do it with someone who is uh, trained to help me and like understand and internalize those things is really, really, really good. Um, And I'm never walking away from, a session feeling like yeah i didn't really get much out of that um yeah B- barry I, I don't know any uh any extra thoughts on how op therapy is yeah i just think it's something everyone should try at least a few times um if you're not meshing with your therapist uh i would just 
change and it's better help makes that it's very easy to change and you don't feel guilty or i don't know if responsible is the right word but you know you just don't feel like you're severing a connection because you're just kind of moving on from one therapist to another just find someone that vibes with you and someone that connects with you and someone that can help you better mm-hmm. um and then on top of that i i like it a lot because if i'm not feeling that sociable that day but still kind of want to have a conversation i can still like do like a text conversation and get help that way versus going through like a video call or a phone call i can just kind of passively talk with someone and still and still get help and i i think i like that part a lot Um, yeah for sure i i i love therapy and i think everyone should try it absolutely agree um and like bear said BetterHelp makes it really easy to switch therapists uh if it isn't you know if you aren't connecting with uh the therapist then definitely want to find one that you feel that connection with um because that's where you're going to get the best work done and you can switch therapists at any time with BetterHelp for no additional charge, uh, which is really great. And they take that hassle out of it, which can be very annoying. Um, the only bad part of therapy is finding the right therapist. And BetterHelp makes that significantly easier. So it's like the perfect thing um, in that sense. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com Backliners today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash backliners big shout out to BetterHelp for sponsoring the show um all right final two sets oni warriors versus the leviathans this one was a banger of a yep. set um i was able to catch a good amount of this one um i thought that overall uh gene- i thought genetics played really well um mm-hmm. in this set in particular uh Overall, on the weekend, I thought that Panda Cat, if you had to give Panda Cat a letter grade on how he played, not um, not expecting him to be, you know, the Panda Cat of old right away, anything like that, but just, like, for the situation that he's in, what what letter grade would you give Panda for his performance this weekend? I'd give him, like, a B plus. Yeah, I was going to give him a, a B. Um, B plus is probably more fair, for sure. Um, I thought that... The duo lane was very support centric in this set. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that both Panda and Netrioid had good moments and also moments that like solo lost games. Um, and that doesn't ADCs are the role that you are that in my opinion, if I were structuring a team and going just by playstyle alone, I do think that ADC needs to have the most potential to insta-win you a game. Um, well, no. Let me rephrase that. They, they need to have the least potential to instantly lose you a game. Because it's the easiest way to lose a game is to just lose your hunter on every siege. Mm-hmm. And then you can't win. No matter how well the rest of your team is playing sometimes. Um, those two players, Panda Cat and Netrioid, are historically... Um, some of the best at instantly winning games. Um, Arkill, another one who comes to mind. Uh, but Panda at least has really got out of that insta-losing-his-team-games phase pretty quickly. And I think that's the mark of a truly great hunter, is that they have the potential to insta-win you games, but don't instantly lose you games very often, if ever. Um, and 
Panadis needs to get back into the swing and get back to that level, which I, I'm I'm expecting that he will based on how well he played this weekend. Uh, it is a concern for me that Netroid Netroid has been that that Arkill like player um, his whole career so far, uh, and this weekend did not make me feel more confident that that is changing. Um, yeah. Despite overall playing well, team obviously played great, won. Um, but I don't know. I, I That just stood out to me, um, and that's something that I've been saying about Nets game for a long time, um, and I, I just think it's still kind of the same. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, this whole set was just kind of like a bloodbath to me. I was just skipping through it, and they were just team fight after team fight after team fight after team fight. Um, I was laughing. I think it, well, it had to be this set. Uh, there was one game where Peacock didn't finish his gooseberries until like 25 minutes uh-huh. as Hu Yi. And I think sometimes ADC is just like that from the scrims I've had this week where in ranked, I feel like it's pretty easy to finish some games, but in scrims and comp, it's really hard. Some games, some games you're just, you're fighting and clearing, and then right when the supports leave, you just don't hit the other hunter for the next, like, 15 minutes. Like, you're mm-hmm. both AFK clearing and then running. Um, well, especially if they finished theirs and you didn't, they gain nothing yeah. from auto-trading with you unless they can kill you. Like, exactly, otherwise, they're yeah. just giving you Gooseberry stacks. Yeah, and against a Huyi, I think Gooseberry is kind of OP uh, to have as the Huyi. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would agree with Metroid not finding him. Um yeah, I was really impressed with his Rama game where he had, like, a crazy good pop-off, but I think PCAT's kind of having the same struggles I am where ADC right now just feels really weird, especially laning phase. It just... Sometimes you can track the jungler and sometimes he's just there or they'll just wait there for a long time. Mm-hmm. And especially playing against Pantom, who... Kind of has the weakened style of ganks, like the Lazarus style of ganks, where sometimes he will just sit there, and he will just wait. So it's like, whenever he's in your jungle, you can either sit under your tower until you see him on, like, solo side, or you can try to fight, and then every time you try to fight, you just die and get ganked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's a really awkward pace, I think, in ADC right now. Uh, late game feels pretty standard, but the early mid game just feels a bit awkward if if their jungler is like hard playing for ganks and duo side which i think both teams levi's play a bit more towards duo than warriors do because mm. um, everyone knows adapting is just camping the shield camp on cooldown oh yeah that's um, right, and then be. and then final k also loves to rotate right now to duo side so it's just it's a fun time in the duo lane i've had scrims where i'm just going like one and seven like one and eight just like there's just four people at my purples, and I'm just getting dove under my tier one. And I'm like, what am I even doing here? Like, what? What? what you just what's put the point like me being around. Just put like a medium neath bot in this lane. It's basically like the same thing. Like, yeah. So it dual lane is a little weird right now. Um, so I think a lot of ADCs will just kind of look bad. I think because sure. sometimes you can get off damage in a team fight, and sometimes when you try to get off damage, you are instantly dead. Like, mm-hmm. there's, like, one or two flankers, and it's like, do I want to hit their support that's in front of me, or do I just want to sit behind my mid laner and just not do damage until their flanks come in? So, it's it's a really awkward, like, 
dance that we're doing, I think. Yeah. Something crazy. I was just doing some math while you were talking there. Uh, game one, Panda 10th picks Rom. Goes 4, 2, and 6. Drops 40k damage. He was going crazy this game. Mm-hmm. Just insane. In a win for the Leviathans. He did 40k damage game one. Games 2, 3, 4, and 5 combined, he did 42k across four yep. games. Um, he basically out-damaged the rest of the, the five-game set uh, in one in game one. Um, had like 49% of his total damage for the set in game one. Um, yeah, just... That's like how it said, is, dude. That's just how it is, but... It feels so weird. Like, sometimes... I have, like, half of Vin's damage, and I'm like, am I misplaying? Like, I feel like I'm not just getting, like, damage opportunities in teamfights. And then, like, you, you you don't go for, like, three damage opportunities in a row, and then you go for your fourth one, you instantly die, and you're like, okay, what, should I just, like, position differently? Do I just keep not going for damage? I just peel my mid laner? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Yep. Um, okay, and then last but not least, it was the finals on Sunday, uh, it happened to him again, Barry. It's yep. absolutely crazy. Um, Dragons, I saw the, go ahead. I, I saw the 2-0, and I was like, oh, good, they're going to win game three. So I didn't watch it live, and then I went back to watch it today, and it's just like the momentum just swung in the other direction, and then by game five, it was just it was just over. Yeah. Uh, tough for for the core. Um, Dardas, Nika vote. I mean, what do you even say at this point, you know? Like, I um, I did talk to Mike a little bit the other day, and he said that he didn't think that, um, he thought, like, oh, maybe there will be, like, maybe they'll play nervous this game five or whatever, but he said that he didn't really feel like they played any differently or played nervous. They just, like, took some risks um, as a team that they, that they wanted to take, um, and it didn't end up working out, but I I just feel like it is impossible. I, I don't think it's like, I, I don't think it's a flaw at all. If you're Dardas Nika vote at this point to get up to O lose a game or two, especially if you lose two and then not feel like, Oh, it's happening again. Um, <laughs> I think it's I think it is like a, a mental strength thing. The first time it happens to you after you get reverse swept, maybe even the second time. But at this point, like they'd be silly not to think it, right? It's just happened mm. to them so many times. Uh so I don't know what you do. Like it's just it's unfortunate, man. Like Yeah. Imagine they're in world's finals, Barry. They're in world's finals. They're up two oh they should just lose game one. That takes it completely away. Just you're you're playing a best of five. If you're that no, confident, they just win. Throw, they should win game just one. Throw away game one, and you're you're just you just start the set down a game. That's fine. Just yeah. Throw away game one. I don't know, man. It's really like, how does it not creep into your mind? And it like, how does it not creep into your mind if you're you know, Cherio, uh, their coach, or like lasbro or mike you know what i mean like I, oh that is funny it's it's I'm, just tough bro it's uh, and i don't even blame them um at this point and i watch and i went back and like rewatched this at 5x speed basically 
because all I had time for today. And I really don't think that they like hard choked. Um, I don't. I do think that their draft got absolutely weird. I, um, yeah, I I think as the set went on, as the tournament went on, it just felt like dragons just basically got downloaded by warriors. Yes, um, I agree. And it just seemed like the dive s style of comp was figured out and what warriors need to play into it got figured out and then by game five also like i think it was game three where they get double killed in mid and when your mid jungle dies at like two minutes into the game that it just chops as a, the pace as a of the rat, whole game. by the way like dying yeah. as a rat level two level three you're like well my game might be over um that character just, just needs to have good starts uh yeah because his late game is nearly non-existent um yeah i don't know i mean uh, i think that a lot of credit goes to the warriors um they obviously had a big target on their back coming into this weekend how do you do you think that how has this weekend impacted your expectations or opinion of the warriors heading into this final phase honestly not a lot um because i they seemed like a different team but kind of the same team they seemed better when they were fighting a lot and worse when they were just farming Mm -hmm. so i assume given some more practice i think genetics will speed up the pace of his game versus trying to bring all four of them like down a few a, a few gears or a few speeds mm-hmm. um because i mean i i'm sure that he realized it in the game but the faster that they play is just better um and then giving saw the unkillable gods and solo i think is just the way that they win games Sot, so like Sot's just the best player in his role by uh by a country mile right now right yeah, like it's... no one is close to him in solo it's just unkillable gods or like setup gods, like the Tor, the, the Tor, the Tear and the Thor, um, or like the Chalks and Odins. It's stuff that's just going to make a ton of room. And then he's also got Ama as well, which is like meta wise, in my opinion, the best soul laner. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think Sot's been playing really well. Same with Panny. Um, yes. Well, I mean, that's no surprise. Panny's been the best jungler yeah, in the world for like four years. That's what I was going to say. So when your solo side is that strong, then you have genetics now controlling duo side jungle where Jake was just kind of more controlling duo lane itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think they looked really good. Uh, I think that they'll only get better from here, but I think also every other team as they scrim more is definitely going to get better. Um, yeah. I'm curious to see how gladiators are. Uh, I hope that the Kana and Jake frontline can mesh together, but I mean, I think we talked about it before, where changing two of your frontliners, it's just such a big difference. It's really hard. It's such a hard adjustment for backliners. Um, Obviously, Stu and Jake have history, so Stu kind of knows how Jake plays, but for Snoopy as well, like, it's just going to be a big positioning change for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Yeah, I think, for me, the takeaway on the Warriors is that they they aren't going to lose to themselves. Um, which we, yeah. which I thought was a legitimate possibility um, with the pickup of genetics and how different his style is um, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think they deserve a lot of credit for how well they played um, 
and for not not only not beating themselves but being down 2-0 and then coming back is really it tells me a lot about how that team does not feel the pressure that I thought they might um Mm -hmm. right now I think they handled that pressure really well um being down 2-0 and I'm excited to see what they do um during the phase I don't think they looked unbeatable like they did at times um in phase one but that's regular season play uh which never really um translates 100 percent so yeah i don't know uh impressed by the warriors um i think their Mm -hmm. stock does go up for me um king stock goes down for me uh dragon stock goes up by the most i think they change the most um in my opinion, uh, and Leviathan stock goes up. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone else stays about the same, I would say. Uh, so yeah, Dragon stock way up, Levi's and Warrior stock up, uh, King stock down is what I would say are my my takeaways. Okay. Any disagreements there? No, definitely not. Um, and Levi's also just stylistically big change for them. With that thing was already coming to do a lot, but. Obviously, with PK, he plays a lot for the 1v1s versus Zap kind of playing safe. So, um, expect a lot of dual laners to be dying against Leviathans. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. Okay, uh, let's get to our random question of the week. Uh, this is of course oh, wait, did our... you want to go over the groups? Oh, yeah, groups. Thank you. Yes, and then they, they drafted the groups. You yep. you have the, the breakdown. So, Warriors got to pick and the Dragons got to pick their groups. Um, well, it was like they were kind of drafting the group. Is that how it went, or did it did it change from last time? It seemed like PBM and Penny were just kind of putting the each team like one by one by one by one Okay. in the other group. So, yeah, so they were uh, picking at that point. So, hold on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this down for future reference for myself. Um, how did those, uh, those drafts go? Uh, Warriors are in Chaos and Dragons are in Order. Uh, Warriors chose Leviathans to be in Order. And then Dragons chose us to be in Chaos. And then Warriors chose Ferrymen to be in Order. And then Dragons chose Kings to be in Chaos. And then Hounds in Order. And then Glads in Chaos. Yep. Um... Which is kind of funny now that I think about all the three other teams. It's kind of just genetics going to warriors and then uh yeah, the teams going to that kings. got like changed yeah. the most from uh <laughs> yeah. from that change potentially. I mean hounds obviously also um going to the yeah. of Quig. Yeah, what are uh I mean I think that the order division looks really hard. Um that looks like a really hard division on paper. Uh Mm-hmm. do you feel like you got the the easier division here and were you surprised that they picked you to be in the other division um with their first with their first pick well i think dragons like scrimming us a lot and if we're in the other division they can scrim us more often mm-hmm. um and as far as the teams go uh I, th- I would say the divisions are about even depending on how kings can mesh together um, if Kings continue not meshing together, I'm definitely happy that Kings and Gladiators are in my division. Sure. Um, just 
based off of like how they looked at the tournament and a little bit of scrims. Um, and then obviously not too happy that Warriors are in my group, but I mean it's fine. Yeah. I mean we'll we'll just have to download them and just kind of like see and also just kind of download ourselves and get back to uh, actually playing well as a team. Ah, the classic self-download. Uh, a we've difficult got maneuver the... to pull off, but very successful when it works. Apparently we have the early mid game pretty down low, but the, these pesky late game decisions where we have to work together as a team, uh, we're pretty clueless on that. <laughs> yeah, kind of embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's already feeling better in scrims, uh, our decision making around objectives. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we're pretty happy. Um, okay, then with that, it's time for our random question of the week, which is in our community discord, uh, patreon.com slash backliners, if you want to join there. Um, we're starting off with Yoma, who asks, assuming money's no object, what would be the perfect temperature for your room slash home? Does it change at night? For them, it's 71 during the day and 61 when they sleep. 61! Or 69, excuse me, 69. My, oh, uh, I, I carried the one there when I shouldn't have. 71 during the day, yeah. 69 when they sleep. It's like, goodness, that person's under, like, 60 blankets. You you like it really warm, don't you? Yeah, everyone roasts me. Everyone thinks I'm just crazy. Well, like, you are. I grew up in Georgia where it's just hot outside most of the time, and mm. we didn't run the AC a lot uh, when I was a kid because we were saving a lot of money. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure I grew up in, like, 80 degrees inside. Um, that was, like... That was like our standard, and I would say I'm probably comfiest at like 75 because I feel 75? like I can. Five. Yeah, I feel like I can wear like gym shorts and a t-shirt and be comfy because it's right now it's 76 in my room and I'm like slightly cold. That is crazy. Um, yeah, that's way too hot. 72 is my preferred um, indoor during the day, um, mm-hmm. and I do definitely like it getting lower at night um i hate being hot when i sleep it is like it dry it nothing will make me in a more frustrated mood than if i wake up hot uh i hate that um yeah i hate the random like blanket rng where you're just you're so comfy and then you wake up and you're just like it's like you took a shower in bed (laughs) oh oh god it's so weird i'm mad i'm mad just thinking about it yeah, I, I think I like it usually at like 68 at night. Um, we'll turn yeah. on the fan. I would much rather have it be cold in the room with an extra blanket and then too warm. Um, so I'm always erring on the side of too cold at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we knock ours down to like 73 sometimes at night. And even then, sometimes I get too cold at like 73. Like, my arms... When I sleep, I've been wearing a Fitbit lately, um, mm. and it tracks kind of like your your arm temperature. And there were some nights I saw you shaking your head on the stream, um, <laughs> and there was a few nights where like my arm is like minus like three degrees from my core temperature because my arms get so cold when for some reason my hands have been getting really cold recently, like all the time. Um, Apparently, it can be, like, a side effect of uh, ADHD medication. Uh, And, like, it's so... My hands, during the day, when I try and, like... If I'm trying to, like, get a quick smite game in, or, you know, like, it's during the weekend or something like that, and I'm trying to to play a game during the afternoon, 
for whatever reason, my room is cold in the mornings and afternoon and then gets hot at night. Uh, my office, I mean. Um, and in the middle of the day, like, I literally put on sweatpants and a t-shirt and a hoodie to, like, sit at my desk for the first, wow. like, half of the day. Um, and my hands are still freezing. It drives me crazy. Um, put on some gloves. On God, I've thought about it. Hiru uh, asks... Would you guys consider having both Aurora and PBM on the backliners, uh, despite them not being backliners, as like a collab podcast? Um, oh, that'd be cool. I think that would be cool. That's a good idea. We should do that. Um, yeah, I'd be 100% down with that. I, I feel like I would not be able to get in a word between the three of you guys. What? What do you mean? That isn't... Uh... I feel like you and PBM would talk for like three hours straight. Me and Aurora would say like the occasional thing. Yeah, they. Uh, I am gonna be on an episode of um, Travelers Proc podcast at some point soon, I think. Um, and I did tell Mike that they have to tell me if there's a time limit because if not, I will make it their longest episode, um, <laughs> and it will not be caught. Uh, Just hold them hostage on their own podcast. <laughs> I will. On God, I will. Um, and then Yoma had a follow up question to Hero's question. Uh, who would win in a pickleball 2v2 between the Backliners and the Travelers Proc podcast? You got any thoughts on that, Barry? Uh, well, I've never played pickleball. Okay. Um, That's so... fine. We dominate them, and I'm not kidding. I will I will 1v2 them. It will be like, <laughs> man, you'll be, you'll be sitting back and you'll be thinking, man, this is like watching Jeff Hinla crush golds in season <laughs> one ranked duo queue. Um... Is it? Would you like Mario Party them or like Mario Tennis them? Where you just yeah, sitting slam on the net? into their face? Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I have played pickleball with Aurora. Uh, he is not a very experienced pickleballer. Um, I have not. I don't know if Mike's ever played. Um, we would dominate uh, for sure. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, although Hero didn't believe in us, saying that their bets are on the Traveler podcast, the Travelers Proc podcast, and that hurts my feelings deeply it actually doesn't it's yeah that does um oh it does uh okay and then oh. finally Fog asks what is your optimal parking spot in a multi-level parking garage this is a great question Fog. i love this question wait optimal parking spot in a multi-level garage yeah where are you where are you trying to park where am i trying to go to the first floor yeah well it'd be the first floor so right? it's just as close to the first floor as possible yeah I mean, it's closer to the entrance, closer to the exit, and closer to where I'm trying to go. Complete noob thought, Barra. Um, really? You're a complete noob. Here's the thing about how parking on, like, the ramp between levels two and three is significantly worse than parking by the stairs on floor six, you know? You've got to consider where the stairs and elevators are. Yeah, that's what that, that takes priority. Oh, okay. I thought you were just saying lower is better no matter what. Oh, no. Well, I wouldn't have to be, if, if I, if you're not close to the stairs, it's the same as like not being on the same floor, I guess. I, I think I explained that really bad, but if like the entire floor two is taken up and I have to walk across the entire floor two, I'm just going to go up one, assuming that they're empty, mm -hmm. um, which I, I guess and thinking about it now, it's definitely just closest to the stairs on anyone. Yeah. Or the elevator. That would make the most sense. That's definitely the key. The other thing is that you, it, it, I'm not one of the, my, my grandpa, um, he, uh, 
always makes a big point of backing into every parking space that he takes. Um, oh, I can't do that. That's like his thing. I am not like that, but in a parking garage, I do put a heavy emphasis on mm-hmm. backing in, being able to back into the spot. So it has to be an obscenely packed parking garage where I feel like I'm not going to be able to get out for a long time unless oh. or like or find a spot for me to take any ramp space ever ramp spaces are abysmal they are terrible you never want a ramp spot um unless it's yeah. like i got i see the pull out i got lucky i'm just gonna snag it right away that's the only time i take a ramp space i think honestly because we went to a concert at the masquerade not too long ago and parked in their parking garage mm-hmm. um like a concert venue um and we parked on like the third or fourth floor not that far from the stairs and everyone above us got to pull out before us mm-hmm. because no one would let us out like criminal behavior from them absolutely yeah it's, it drives me crazy like if everyone just let one person out on each floor you know you could do you, like if you just the your first opportunity each floor you let one person out then you don't let anyone else out it would all go so quickly, but people yeah. are so selfish that they just think I'm, I gotta get ahead of everyone. It's, it, it drives me insane. I hate it. Funnily enough, it ties into the beginning of the podcast. Cause I remember I had to poop and oh. I was so annoyed yep. with everyone driving by. And I'm like, cause I, I pulled into the parking spot and then back in. So I'm like, please just someone give me like a car length of room so I can pull out. Yep. And I was like, do I want to do the the standard like Atlanta thing where I just start going and hope right. that they don't hit me? Like, right, that is a very yeah. classic Atlanta thing. That's another reason why backing in is really OP in parking garages because you can make eye contact with the people who aren't who might not let you in, <laughs> and they feel peer pressured into Dude. letting you out. I'm serious, that works. Like, no, they don't. Like, it's the same as when you're trying to turn right onto like. I don't know if it's like a freeway or like a highway Mm -hmm. and the cars are going kind of slow and no one looks at you. Yeah. They will just keep looking. But but that's the thing with a parking garage, there's going to be times where they just have to stop. Oh yeah. yeah. And you, you just maintain eye contact that whole time. And then maybe, you know, you could give them the, the please hands, like, please let me out. Or like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'll like kind of nod my head and give them a little smile. Like maybe my turn. Um, you know, like, or, or you could just do the preemptive wave, like, thanks for letting me in. That one can backfire. Um, but yeah, that's why oh, backing that's in is key. Idea. Because you have to just make eye contact and shame people into letting you out. Yeah, Which I'm is gonna really try that next. I'm going to try that next time I go to the masquerade. And I, I will be shaming people into letting me out. I will be backing in. Yep. I'm Honestly, next time I go, I'm just going to pull all the way to the top and just... I've done that I, I a lot will, of times. Because no one's going to stop me, right? Nope. Like, No one's going to stop I, me. I can just... And I can let one car out per floor. It'll and be then fine. You're, and, and you're a good person that way. The actual yep. OP strap, by the way, if you're leaving a sporting event or a concert where you're going to be in a packed parking garage, impossible to get out, um, it's just to go to a restaurant or a bar. Garage. Yep. Oh. Just go grab a drink afterwards. Sit there for 30 minutes, and then you can just walk to your car and leave right away. And instead of sitting in your car being annoyed for 30 minutes, you got to, like, just relax. Um, it's, like, the same amount of time. And, and I can poop. And you can poop. Um, can That's you, not a bad idea. I, it has to be pretty desperate for me to poop in a public 
uh, bathroom of any kind, even like at yeah, work I'm... or something like that. It has to be like it's happening, you know. I need to be like a seven out of ten pressure wise to. You I know. think I gotta be at like a nine, maybe an eight. Oh. I will. I will put myself in a getting... bad spot. You just start getting really uncomfortable at that point, and yep. you just you when you go, you, it's, you just have to relieve the pressure. I think because then you start getting all those like intestinal pains, and uh-huh. it starts like stabbing you. You get, and the, you're like, you get okay. the chills, you know, like uh huh. Yeah, you go. Through oh, all that's that. yep. The chills are like a ten for me. Well, if yeah, I start if you're in chills, chills. It's like it. You're done. There's a code red, and then there's a code brown. You know what I mean? Like that's where. We're out of code red territory, if you catch my drift. Um, all right, that's going to do it for the podcast. Um, <laughs> next week, I'm not sure what our podcast schedule is going to look like yet. Um, because Every week. Well, yeah, exactly. And uh, Wednesday is the update show. Um, I don't know if this, I guess it's kind of a spoiler, but don't care. Uh, my, uh, we are revealing my next god um, at Ooh. this update show. Um, so I'll have a lot to talk about for sure. Um but my mom is also in town, and Wednesday is her birthday, so I definitely don't think it'll be on Wednesday. We might have to push it to the to the week after that. Um, but I'm also excited to be able to talk to you about the God that I've been working on for the last like eight months, um, or however long it's been. Better be good. No, I'm kidding. I think. Uh, <laughs> yep. It, some people will like it. Uh, <laughs> Other people might not, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll you know check our Twitters, all that kind of stuff. Um, sponsors this episode were Factor, factormeals.com slash backliners50, and uh, BetterHelp, betterhelp.com slash backliners. So please check those out. Patreon.com slash backliners is the place you want to go if you want to uh, also support us directly. Um, so yeah, with that, um, we will catch you next time. Barra, you know what to do. Bye. That was clean. That was clean. That was pretty good. Yeah, not bad. No. You know? I'm happy with that one. Tired, Based but sleep deprivation. a true professional. You know? Uh-huh. That's what, that's what we always sleep. say about you. Um, all of us say that about you. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com